Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his newsmaking interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Podcast1.com and of course Apple Podcasts as well. Hope you guys are doing well and you had a great week and it's uh, great to have you on board for another episode wherever you're listening around the world. Thank you for doing so. Remember if you're listening in the US or Canada, you could be listening to me every day talking rock and talking to a wide variety of rock artists and taking your calls. It all happens on Trunk Nation my daily radio show on Sirius XM volume channel 106 here at live daily 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time replaying every night 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern and on demand anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. The interviews you hear on this podcast are just a tiny, tiny sample of what goes on on a daily basis. On Trunk Nation. So if you're not already a listener and on board on Sirius XM, please be sure to come on board. You will not regret it. We have a good time on that show each and every day, taking your calls and talking rock and dissecting and debating all things rock. Getting ready for a week in Los Angeles next week as I get ready to head west to do some shows from the Sirius XM studios in LA. Brand new studio they have out there. We'll see uh, how that goes. Some big guests being booked. It should be a lot of fun. Also, that week finishes out by me hosting Sammy Hagar's High Tide Beach Party, the second year for Sammy's now annual festival happening in Huntington Beach, California. A wide variety, a very eclectic variety of music artists performing. A lot of rock and hard rock, but some not hard rock artists performing as well. But it's a real nice scene on the beach. Two days this year, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, coming up next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend. So if you're headed to High Tide, I will see you there and look forward to it. Always a good time there in Southern California and a great, great setting for a music festival right on the beach in Huntington Beach. Also coming up, we have Exit 111 in Tennessee. And also coming up is the Megadeth Cruise, the Mega Cruise, and really important and pressing news to share with you about that right now because you only have a matter of days if you're listening to this on post day to possibly enter but i'm giving away some free cabins on board the mega cruise that features lamb of god anthrax testament overkill countless more and i've got some free cabins up for grabs 
If you'd like to enter to win a free cabin, now the cruise sails from Los Angeles, so you need to be able to get to L.A. on your own. But the cabin, and if you know anything about cruising, you know food is included on the cruise. It's a great, great opportunity to come on board. Uh, go to my website. That's where I'm doing the contest, eddytrunk.com. When you're there, find the contest tab, hit it, and the info to enter is there on the site. It's very, very time-sensitive, though, because I'm going to be in- announcing the winners on Monday because, needless to say, we need to give people some time to be able to make their travel to get to and from L.A. so they can get on the ship. So go to eddytrunk.com, find the contest tab, find the page. All the information is there. Enter, and I'll be announcing very soon if you're lucky enough to have a comp cabin for two on board this epic metal sailing event. It's all there for you, all the information to enter the contest on eddytrunk.com, on the contest tab, and information about the cruise itself is at megacruise.com. Good luck on that. Hope to see you guys on board. Full listing of all my appearances also right there on the homepage of the website. And be sure to follow on Twitter and Instagram at Eddie Trunk. Hey, make sure. I got to make sure that I tell you guys about Arm & Hammer Cloud Control Cat Litter. I've got two cats myself. Very, very important important in your life you know that if you have any pets whether they be cats dogs whatever you have you love them you care about them got to get my cats both of my cats teeth fixed cost thousands of dollars i don't love that (laughs) but you know what i do love having cats in your life you know their personality they're fun Awesome pets. They're easy to deal with for the most part outside of when you got to bring them to the vet. So those are all the good things. But what you don't love is cleaning up after cats and cleaning up the litter box, which is why Arm & Hammer created new cloud control litter. No cloud of nasties when you scoop. It's 100% dust free. That is super important. Free of heavy perfumes. You or the cat don't want to be breathing in perfumes or dust. It helps reduce airborne dander from scooping. So what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. New cloud control cat litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you and to your cats. On the Eddie Trunk podcast, we have a double dip this week. Two guitar legends, two masters at their instruments. One widely known for being so and a household name, and that would be Slash. The other, a guy that just about every single guitar player respects and looks up to and is a fan of and has played in some instances on uncredited on just about everybody in the world's records over the years and is best known as the guitar player in Toto, and that would be Steve Lukather. Thought it was really interesting to put these guys together this week on the podcast because they are both considered among the top musicians at what they do. But the big, huge difference between them is one is a superstar household name and the other is a guy that has just one of the most celebrated and respected guitar players on the planet in Steve Lukather. But 
not a household name anywhere near like what Slash is. So I, that's really interesting. Like a guy like Slash even looks up to someone like Lukather. So we will talk to both of them separately in separate interviews on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Should be a lot of fun, and that is coming up in a matter of minutes. A nice long double dip for you this week, Slash followed by Lukather. Before we get to the interviews, let me tell you about Pluto TV. They're the leading free streaming television service. You can watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. Pluto TV, they never even ask you for a credit card. You don't need to sign up to watch for free. Pluto TV, it's the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. So what are you waiting for? You never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. Download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. So some good stuff to get into this week. Talking to Slash about upcoming Guns N' Roses shows. Of course, I'll see him at Exit 111. They actually just announced a show for this Saturday in L.A. I might be able to make it there for that, fingers crossed. And uh, finishing up his latest touring with Miles Kennedy. And, of course, a Living the Dream CD, DVD, Blu-ray set that just came out. Slash, followed by Steve Lukather on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Again, all courtesy of my daily radio show on Sirius XM. Once again, I want to thank Armin Hammer, who created new cloud control litter for sponsoring today's episode. There's no cloud and nasties when I scoop. 100% dust-free, free of heavy perfumes, and helps reduce airborne dander from scooping. So what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. New cloud control cat litter by Armin Hammer. More power to you. Coming back, and we'll get started with Slash on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, folks, it's time to turn it up with your new favorite podcast, Expeditiously with T.I. here on Podcast One. Join the rapper, entrepreneur, family man, and activist as he bridges the gap and sheds light on important social topics and much more in an authentic, eyebrow-raising dialogue that might make you want to pull out your dictionary. Download new episodes of Expeditiously with T.I. every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, everybody. I'm Kate Edwards. I'm Lindsay McCormick. And Paola Pauline. And we are the host of the new podcast, The Next 10 on Podcast One. Our mission is to empower the voices of people who are unsure about what's going to happen next and help them figure out the steps that are coming for the next 10 years. And I'm excited to be along on this podcast journey with these two inspiring women sharing our stories and life lessons. And I'm happy to inspire others and empower you. And definitely these two ladies have so much to learn and share with Subscribe and download new episodes of The Next 10 every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, it's Eddie Trunk back with you on the podcast this week. As uh, mentioned, Steve Lukather coming up a little bit later on. But first, this uh, interview happened about a week ago. Slash calling in to my Sirius XM show, Trunk Nation, to talk about his new live collection, 
with the conspirators and also some Guns N' Roses activity. This interview made huge news when I asked Slash about the potential for new Guns N' Roses music. Have a listen and enjoy. How are you, brother? Hey. Hey, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You uh, enjoy a little downtime since the tour ended or what? You know how that goes. I, I, I get home from being on the road for a while and just stuff stacks up over here. So I've been... I've been pretty busy since I got back, but it's it's nice to sleep in my own bed and and you know all that stuff, and and just be in a familiar place every day. You know, because I was saying when we started doing those shows from the Rainbow that I do every month, you were the very first one, and that was already a little over a year ago. And I remember you had just that was just like such a quick transition coming out of Guns and then launching Living the Dream and going out with, you know, the conspirators. It was just such a quick turnaround, and you were pretty much gone ever since. Like, you just went. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, with both bands active, you know, you have to squeeze everything in. So, I mean, we, the Conspirators, we did a, a, a full-on world tour uh, inside of a year so that I would be in time to do the Guns thing, which I start rehearsals for today. And then we take off at the end of the month. So, you know what I mean? You just have to sort of shoehorn everything in. But we pulled it off, you know, and, and I had a blast, so it's all good. Did you notice Slash going out with the conspirators for the first time now since you were back in Guns N' Roses? Did you notice a difference in the audience? Uh, anything different that you picked up on? Were there more people or people were there people more accepting of the because you only did Night Train really on the whole tour from Guns? Were people more accepting and open to the conspirators music? I mean, any changes you saw out there? Yeah, um well, I mean the one thing is I I didn't I didn't get any um flack for not doing any gun stuff. So that was cool. And I wasn't really I didn't really care one way or the other. I was just, you know, we're going to do one song and that's it. Um but but you know, I I didn't get any any uh negative feedback from that. So that was cool. Um the the the, the main thing that I got out of the last conspirators uh run was um, the album, the material on the album was really well received, and um, I felt like we had arrived as a band that people see as something that's actually real. Because for the longest time, Conspirators were sort of one of those hybrid things that people think will just pop in and pop out. It's just like, see it while it's around, and, and you know what I mean? It's a short-lived kind of project. And uh, slowly but surely, it's sort of established its place as its own band, and people start to, um, we've started to gather, you know, like a, a, a mass, a, a legion of fans. And so I think we've really arrived at a place where, um, you know, people have accepted it as being a real thing. And I, I, that, that's a great feeling, because, you know, we always took it seriously from the beginning. Well, there's a lot that goes into that, though. You worked a really hard in doing that. The lineup is solidified. You've made a few records now with the lineup. And I think Living the Dream was the best of the records you've made so far with that band. So it seems like it's all it all really peaked at the right time and all came together. And then you throw in coming off of whatever it was, two, three years back in Guns N' Roses. I mean, it was just really the perfect storm, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, you know, it's, it's, uh, 
you know, the the great thing about it was, you know, for for living the dream, it's definitely a, a progression and a forward motion. You know, like you you can start out at in, at one place and be you know pretty good, and then start going the other direction the more records you make. Um, this is one of those things that has been progressing in a positive sort of forward. I don't know how best way to put it, but it's been getting better and better since it started. So that's that's what's great about it. And then doing the the guns thing was just really cathartic for me. I don't I don't know how it all works for for you know conspirators fans and guns fans and I'm I'm pretty sure they sort of cross over. Um but for me personally, you know, getting together with Axel and Duff was just a huge thing and then also sort of keeping the conspirators going uh, as well has just been uh, great for me because I think it satisfies the, <laughs> a certain workaholic nature that I have. But it's it's great to be teamed up with the guys that I mean, basically where I come from, you know, sort of like um, you know the whole guns thing is 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 sort of my home base, and 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 then having this relationship with Todd and Brent and, and Miles and Frank is something that's really strong to be able to maintain that as well. So it's it's really been a, an exciting couple of years. Yeah, to me it made all the sense in the world that you now, that you're back in Guns playing that stuff, that that's where most of that music lives, and, and when you see the conspirators now that you've got so much great stuff under that umbrella that you go see that band, and that's what you're going to hear live. But tell me, because we talked about this just before the tour started, and I suspected you'd do this where you'd really cut down on doing guns with the conspirators. But of all the songs, why did you pick Night Train? Was there any reason for that? Um, well, I, you know, like w- when we were doing guns material in the beginning, it was basically, you know, I was sort of, the, when when conspirators, before it was even called the conspirators, when it first started, it was just a solo thing and I was sort of, doing stuff for my whole sort of catalog and that's how it started and so obviously a gun, guns was a big part of that um there's no particular song in the guns catalog that's like a particular like a, a significant statement on my behalf like i'm going to do this because this is what i'm about um we're just doing gun songs because i love doing gun songs you know um so now when in the conspirators night train is a good up-tempo straightforward you know rock and roll song it's it's uh it's doing sweet child of mine sometimes is a little bit it's just a little bit too close to home as far as guns and roses is concerned and it's a, it's a great statement for me but i just didn't want to do that i didn't want to do paradise city um we could it's it's so easy it's been done to death you know what i mean so night train was a good well-rounded guns and roses song that sort of covers all the bases now talking about and, this, uh, Rocket Queen is another one that we were doing for a second there. Oh yeah, but there's a big guitar solo in that, and <laughs> um, I was doing a guitar solo in Wicked Stone, so I sort of took Rocket Queen out. Uh, Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, Living the Dream, a great box set that is coming out that's got the DVD, the Blu-ray, the CD, so it's a live album, it's live video, it's it's a great set coming out on September 20th, documenting all this stuff that we're talking about now with Slash. Slash, you talked about this tour and how well it went, but it did it did have a few hiccups in there because, as you know, I'm also friends with all the guys in your band, and I know that 
Uh, unfortunately, Frank had to leave for a little bit, and then uh, Brent. I don't know what it. I don't know what it is with those two Canadians and their eyes, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to laugh. But I've I've emailed them. You know, I've I've been in touch with them, busting their balls about it. It's like the detached retina thing. Like, what the hell is it? Something in Canada or what? I no, I just you know I, my joke was that the fucking Canadians rock out so hard that their eyeballs. <laughs> Um, I don't know, you know, but, but that was one of those things that happened. I mean, when, every time it's ever happened, it's not something you lead up to and you're sort of warned about. It just happens suddenly, and it means emergency surgery within 24 hours. So you're really, you're, you're faced with uh, a decision, <laughs> you know, like, like this spontaneous event just happens, and you've got to figure out what to do. Um, so that was, that was a little bit crazy because uh you know finding somebody to fill Brent shoes is no easy task and uh it happened we had uh two days off before a show in nashville so um i'm not going to mention names on who i thought of but those guys suggested Corey, not Corey. i'm sorry uh oh fuck now now i forgot his name what was the uh oh um his name that uh, uh yeah, no, oh, I, I feel terrible. No, I know. It's on. <laughs> Corey ended up subbing for Frank. Corey right? did the guitar part. No, Corey, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah, but um, uh, I, I Galfus, uh, Galfus, isn't it Galfus? Yeah, but the first name Stefan. I'm just spacing. Wait, huh? Was it Stefan? Well, anyways, no. <laughs> um, <I> gotta... <laughs> Ed, Google it. Helps. Anyway, tell my producer to I'm Google going, it for I'm, him. I'm looking it up right now. Hold on. <laughs> But anyway, so we, we decided on him, you know, uh, hold on, it's coming. Shane, that's what I said. Okay. Shane Gallas. Uh, yeah, Shane Galas. Right. Yeah, Galas. So, so they, they you know, uh, Brenton and and Frank and, and Todd were all like, well, no, he's really good and we know him and this and that. And, and he'll learn the stuff really quick. And so I, I said, okay, if you, it's, it's on you guys if you trust, <laughs> you know. And so he came in and he learned the entire set pretty much within a, a 24-hour period. He didn't have any real time. We had a few hours of rehearsal the night before the Nashville gig, and we just went in and did it, and he did a great job. So, you know, those are the kind of things that show the tenaciousness of a band when you can survive those kind of panic calls like that and just keep going. With the uh, with with Corey filling in for Frank, Corey was amazing, and he, he you know, did that perfectly. But we had a little bit of forewarning because of Frank's situation. We knew in advance that it was coming, so we had it planned out. But yeah, so we got through those those uh, major emergency situations. Yeah, I know. I got to say, man. I mean, a lot. Obviously, with this band, the focus is going to be on you and Miles, as 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 it should be. But the the other three guys in your band, Frank and and Brent and Todd, uh, the. The, even the talent they see on display when they're playing with you is just actually scratching the surface because those guys are so versatile and can do so many different things. The de- like the day after your tour ended, I was in L.A. and I saw Frank play just a jam at the Viper Room. And, and watching him play, I was just like, man, these guys can do so much. So it it's really would be a tall order to oh, be no, able to replace great. them. They're, they're the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> You know, all three of them, and they, you know, and, and all these considered, you know, they've built up a pretty pretty sizable fan base of of their own. You know, so and the other thing it's is not with, just about Miles and I. 
Right, but the other thing is with the vocals, like one of my hugest peeves in the world right now for the last year, which I'm on a massive campaign against, is rock bands playing to tracks because it's like an epidemic now and it's got to stop. To me, it's the most un-rock and roll thing you could possibly have, and it's way too common. And And then to watch this DVD and having seen you guys play so much and to see... Miles and Todd singing and all those vocals being real and everything being 100% live, to me, man, that is so important. I give you all the props in the world for doing it like that. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're, they're great. I mean, they, there's a, I think there's a, a, a secret ingredient to the band, which is the combo of those guys singing together. Um, you know, and Miles is obviously goes without saying what a phenomenal singer he is. But then Todd came in, you know, initially he just came in as a bass player when he and I first met. And then he started singing background vocals. And I was like, wow, this fucking guy can sing. And it's just turned into something that is a major part of the whole band sound, you know, which is cool. You know, it's cool to have an, uh, uh, a thing that's identifiable like that. Yeah, so, it is. It is killer. Yeah. Did you get to do? Now I'm looking down the, the track listing for this. I love that you did "Lost Inside the Girl" because that's one of my favorite songs from the record. But throughout the course of the tour for "Living the Dream," did you play pretty much everything from the record at some point? Over the course of the of the tour, we played every single song on the record. Um, like in the very beginning, uh, before we got to. Uh, I mean, the the set that we did in London at Hammersmith, which is the, the, the DVD, that's just where we had arrived at as far as the set list at that point. But prior to that, um, we had done, um, you know, like Read Between the Lines was a major song in the set. There was uh, One You Love That Is Gone was in the set for a while there. Um, I how, think about, the, how about the Great, Great Pretender? Pretender the Great Pretender was the main ballad in the set during Love the that song. section. And then we switched over to Lost Inside the Girl, and then we switched over to The One You Love Is Gone. And mm. that's sort of the over the course of the tour, that's how it went. Um, but yeah, all those songs, all the different songs that aren't on the actual DVD, yeah, made an appearance in the set for short periods all throughout the tour. It is. It's. It's awesome, man. I got to. I didn't know I was going to talk. I didn't know I was going to be talking to you today until like just before I left the house, and I got the DVD yesterday. Yeah, (laughs) and I got the DVD over the weekend, and I was busy watching my giant shit the bed, and I. I was so depressed. I didn't watch anything over the weekend. And then I, I was just like, they called me today, so I popped it in for literally 20 minutes as I was walking out of the house to come to the studio. But from what I watched of it, there's a, some extra stuff. There's like a little documentary thing in there. And then the, the live performance is shot and sounds so good. It's really an awesome package. And I know you've done this before, and it seems like the, the, the last live record or two was also in England. Am I correct on that? The last one was in Stoke, actually, right. if I remember correctly. And, uh, yeah, that because that was my hometown. It was the first time I'd been back there in 40 years, and um, the only time I've ever played there, obviously. <laughs> um, and so that was sort of cool. Yeah, and then we just picked Hammersmith this time. You know, because I, I, I think um, – it just seemed like a good place to do it. Hammersmith is a is a got a great legacy, and and uh, it just it, I didn't even think about two two records both being done in in England. Um, it just seemed like a good place to do it at that time when we decided, okay, let's do a live record somewhere in this this area, <laughs> you know, while we're here in Europe. 
And there is that one at the Roxy, too, that I just remembered that you did on one of the tours. That was the first one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I love live records, man. And and like you, we're around the same age. I mean, we grew up with Strangers in the Night and At Budokan and Live Bootleg and Kiss Alive and all well, this stuff. When I, I mean, they were, they were landmark I, records, man. I still love live records. Yeah. No, I'd made to, I mean, but the, it, it's a major thing for me because when I first started really getting into um, rock and roll for myself, you know, because I was raised on it and my, my parents had listened to great music and I was always around it. But when I got to be a teenager and started really identifying with my own bands and all that kind of stuff, I didn't have any money. And so if I ever did invest in a record of a band that I didn't have any of their albums, let's say, I would always go for the live record because to me that was the most indicative of a rock and roll band, of what a rock and roll band's metal was. Um, you know what I mean? Like it was it was live, the energy was there, all the songs that you, you know, it, it's sort of like a greatest hits package. And and that was how I identified with bands. And if I liked the live record, then I would go get the rest of the studio records. So I'm all about live stuff. But that went away. You know, yeah. that was that was like a big thing in the end of the 60s and through the 70s. By the end of the 70s, beginning of the 80s, live records just went away. And so, you know, and now if you do hear of a live record, it's basically a studio record with uh, an audience sort of yeah. tagged on. It's so overproduced. So... You know, I like to put out these things that haven't been doctored at all. All the mistakes are on there. Um, you know, I mean, for this particular record, I mean, I only listened to a handful of songs just to make sure the mix was right, and that was it. Yeah, and that's the way it should be, though, man, whether it's seeing a band live or listening to a live thing. I mean, warts and all, that's what's what the beauty of live yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, and I think people appreciate it because the humanity's there, you know, and that's what people are attracted to in rock and roll anyway, which is one of the funniest things about rock and roll nowadays because it's so doctored up that one of the reasons why people are a little bit confused is because there is the human element's been erased and that's why people don't identify with it like they did back in the day because there's a certain uh interact human interaction that is completely eliminated but you know i think kids are starting to pick up on that hey al along your it looked like on your back line while i was watching the dvd like I said, I only had watched like had ch chance to watch like three, four songs before I had to leave. But it looked like you had like w was it figurines or dolls or something lined up up there? There's there's all kinds of toys and stuff on top of the on top of the amps. There's something I think someone gave me. I remember exactly actually. It was a stuffed brontosaurus or something, <laughs> a green plushy brontosaurus. And I put it on top of a cabinet. Um, or on top of, yeah, I think it was on top of one of the marshals. And uh, and then slowly but surely, more stuff ended up going, and it became a thing. So now I got all kinds of fucking, like, monsters and dinosaur toys and stripper dolls and whatever, whatnot up there. You got a Wrangler just that has to set that up for you and take it down every I night? Just be, yeah, well, <laughs> no, Craig, you know, Craig is working for me. Adam was doing it for a while, and Adam's gone, at least right now. And then I got this guy, Craig who uh, used to work for Richard Fortas, and now he's working for me. And uh, and so there's two boxes. We have two rigs, right, uh, that travel simultaneously. So we have, like, if we have gear in Europe, we have another rig that's over in the States. So if we pop back and forth. And so I've got a box for each rig that's filled with toys, and they get to throw them up there. <laughs> and it looked like you were wearing a pretty badass, like, retro. Was, it a, was that an Aussie Blizzard of Oz album cover shirt you're wearing? 
It's a, bl- a Blizzard of Oz shirt, yeah. And then later on in the bonus features, you got an awesome retro Aerosmith shirt too, man. Those were great. I haven't seen the actual bonus features. <laughs> well, you're wearing like an old, um, look like okay. an old Aerosmith Get Your Wings shirt or something. I was like, man, those are really cool. There's no way those are originals. No, I I, I have a, I, I bought a, a shitload of fucking old rock and roll t-shirts from uh, a company called Maidworn. And they've just got these great sort of distressed t-shirts. Some of them are original, some of them aren't. Some of them, well, they're all based on original art, but I don't know how he goes about doing this. He's got a process. But some of them are actually original and some of them are reprints, I guess. And uh, But they're really, really fucking cool. The originals of those things, the originals for those things go for huge money too. Like if you, like yeah, if you have them, them sitting around, them worth a lot of money. It's ridiculous. It's it's crazy. Hey, so let me ask you this: Where do things go from here? You said you're starting. Like I'm. By the way, that festival you guys are playing, Guns and Roses is playing in in Tennessee. Exit 111. I'm hosting that, so I can't wait for that. I know you guys are headlining yeah, the last I know. day. So it's going to be great because yeah, I haven't I seen you in a while. I'd see there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> But um, so obviously you're starting up with guns, and I know there's, um, I guess, Austin City Limits. I mean, some some big festivals, a couple Vegas shows. So give us the update on what's next here. Um, well, we're just doing this one run uh, in the states and a couple dates in Mexico, end of this month into uh, November, and so that's that's it for guns for now. And I think we have something coming up in March as far as touring is concerned. But then you know we're we're as I mean, obviously everybody knows that we're, we're sort of working on new material, which is really exciting. And so that's really primarily what the focus is. Well, so that's there's a lot of people. There's speculation, and you know, there's always there's speculation. Nothing in the Terminator movie, by the way. That's what <laughs> I was going to ask you. So it's nothing to do with Terminator. Yeah, that's, I don't. These rumors they they take off and then they get a life of their own and you're just like you can't you can't reel them in they just sort of you right. know they sort of like yeah get tossed around in the wind and anyway but uh, yeah so there's nothing in there in that now Duff has been out with his own record and he was in Europe I know and he's been touring uh, supporting that so what I mean how how will where are you at with Guns N' Roses' new music? Are you all working individually? Has everybody gotten together? I mean, where, where, do you no, want to do a song, no. an album? What, what's the where, where are you at? I I I, I have nothing to tell you to, to information wise, other than no, it's not that. Well, like like uh, uh, every, you know, everybody's been sort of like when we're in town working on it, and then when we're out of town, obviously not. So it's been that kind of thing. All right, and I know you probably can't say a lot about this, so I'm not going to press you on it, but let me just ask you this finally. <laughs> what would you, would you like to do a full new Guns N' Roses album? Or, you know, we're in this world now where some people feel, oh, you do an EP or you just throw a new song out there. I, I know you. You're old school, man. You're like me. You like to make albums. But is, ultimately, would would that be your preference? Or what? when it comes to finally I, putting out re- a music, new music from Guns, which will be highly anticipated, wh- what would you like to see it be? I think at the end of the day, everybody wants to have a full album released. Um, I don't think that's really ch- changed all that much. But, you know, there's a, a different way of putting stuff out initially nowadays more so than i mean I, there's always been the single but now it's it's it um you, you sort of look at at that sort of preliminary release a little bit differently now um so i mean you know all things considered i i i 
it, it's like the Wild West out there. It's like, you know, there is no formula for any of it, <laughs> you know. Um, I haven't seen any sort of uh, routine kind of thing that, that sort of works. I mean, you can sort of do a, um, any one of a million different things to releasing a record. But at the end of the day, I think that we will ultimately release a full album. You know what's amazing, man? You talk about it being the Wild West and people don't know what to do. Here's what's funny about that. You're so right because nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows what's what. Everyone will tell you people don't buy albums. People only stream. They don't buy CDs, whatever. So I'm sure you know this, but today it was announced or over the weekend that Taylor Swift was knocked out of the number one spot on the sales charts by the new Tool album, which is 88 minutes long. They didn't do vinyl. There's only CD. <laughs> and it's the, the like the average song length is like 12 minutes a song, and it's the number one album in the country, and it knocked out Taylor Swift. Right. I did not know that, but good for them. I mean, that's unbelievable <laughs> that's when you cool. think about it. Like, so, so people, like, there, there really are no rules. It's like anything goes. It's, yeah, I mean, there's definitely no rules. I mean, I think when it really comes down to it, it's a matter of perception. And, um, you know, obviously the the tool release has been something that everybody's been talking about and has been hyped up and so on and so forth. And that's how it manages to do that. And that's, that's just getting people's attention. And 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 getting people excited about something, <laughs> you know what I mean. And it's it's not the easiest thing to do, but Tool definitely managed to pull that off. Um, you know, same with Slipknot for that matter. Yeah. Um, and which and it's great because you know it fucking it draws uh, a lot of these sort of anti rock and roll people to attention, and they go, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. So yeah. so it's cool. So do I, yeah. Uh, and on, yeah, right? on Guns N' Roses, with the live shows coming up, I know you didn't start rehearsals yet, but but is it basically going to be more or less like the same sort of set and what you guys do, have done in the past, or for these shows, are you working up some different things? There's a couple different things that we're we're talking about doing that are sort of in the works to do, uh, what we're planning on doing, so I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Well, listen, man, I don't want to hold you too long. I could talk to you forever. I appreciate the time. September 20th slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the conspirators live in the dream. You get the C- you get every format in one box. You get the CD. So you got audio only, you got the DVD, you got the Blu-ray, you got a cool booklet, full concert, some, some extra features in there. It's really, really cool. I can't wait to get through the whole thing as soon as I have a little more time this week. Last thing. You talked about how much you uh, love live records, and I do too. Can you give me your three? Give me anywhere from three to five of your favorite live records of all time. Okay, um, my favorite live record of all time is Aerosmith Live Bootleg because it's um, yeah, it's really it. live, by the way, which is even more that's, crazy. Yeah, that's really that was the template for me as far as live records were concerned. You know that kind of thing. And um, and hold on, then, before you go any further, like this is what's crazy about that. I, because you and I are like, I've gone to two Aerosmith shows already on this residency, You, like crazy Aerosmith fans. I got to tell you, man, I don't think bootleg gets enough credit for like, when you talk about the great live records of all time, it's usually doesn't come up and it should, because it really is that great. And it, it actually is live. It's made up out of like bootleg recordings. It's, it's awesome. I just listened to the live uh, train kept a rolling the other day with Strangers in the Night at the end, and then the fireworks going off in 
over the overhead mics because people used to do that back then. It puts you, that album made me more so than any 70s live record actually puts you in that time and space. At least it does for me. Yeah, well, I mean, each song has its own personality because it's its own venue, right? It's its own. It's not like an entire tour. Every show's from a different different concert, and it just has that sort of that in the moment kind of flavor to it. And it's always. I mean, when I was, I don't know, I, I must have first picked that record up when I was like fifteen or sixteen years old, and it was just that was indicative of fucking heavy hard rock, loud hard rock live so performed live to me. You know, anyway, so that record, uh, Get Your Yaya's Out from the Stones, mm-hmm. Live uh, Budokan, uh, Cheap Trick, uh, The Queen, Live and Day, what is it, Live? Uh, Kill, live Killers. I forgot what it's called. Killers. Uh, yeah, Killers record. Yeah. And then the Thin Lizzy, Live Dangerous is another one. And then UFO, Strangers of the Night. I mean, there was a there was a, a handful of fucking really great ones for the particular bands that I liked at the time. Yeah. I loved Live Gonzo. Uh, Ted Nugent. Yeah, um, super underrated. Yeah, I, I could sort of sit here and name name great live records from that period for a while. Yeah, uh, and, and of course, Frampton Comes Alive, Peter's out there doing his farewell tour now. It is. I listen to, you know, uh, I mean, the, the voice box stuff for me, you know, I was, I, I, never got into that record because at the time I was never a big Peter Frampton fan. So I didn't get into that particular live record until way later. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's another good one, and that was obviously the one that sort of kickstarted um, the platinum live albums in the seventies. Yeah, it really was, and that, and and I'll tell you what, man, this new one that you've put out is really really killer. Everybody, check it out. It's out on September twentieth. Uh, you got the video, you got the audio. Imagine if we could have video of all those concerts you just talked about. If back then oh, they I actually know, right? shot them, I think about that all the time. I know it's, it would be fucking killer. I know there's it's kids got you know there's there's it, it, the the business might be pretty screwed up at this at this point in time, but there is some stuff that that rock fans have now that we didn't have back then that I would I would have been so fucking jealous of. <laughs> you know that's one of them. You know you can just go on YouTube and find all these live shows and stuff like that, which which we you know we had to scrape and claw to find a live recording, let alone any kind of videotape. Yeah. Well, I'm really optimistic about the future of rock right now. I think there's some great, really great new young bands on the cusp. You've actually had some open for you. Your you, Guns has some coming up. I mentioned that on social media the other day. I think it's incredibly yeah. cool that you guys are taking you know, these newer bands, whether it's Joyous Wolf or Dirty Honey or Tyler Bryant. Yeah. All these guys, I mean, these guys are, are really, really good bands and good musicians. And so many of these tours these days, it's like co-headlines, it's packages and sheds. There's not really a lot of opportunity for these younger bands to get in front of a big audience. So for Guns and yourself to be taking some of these guys, you're definitely doing a great service there, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, there's just some great bands, and you got to get them, you know. I mean, I just want to play with a band that I really like, for one. I mean, it just makes for a, a greater overall show in general. Um, but also just getting, uh, being, you know, and it's exciting for me to hear really great young bands, because it's like, that's the that's the shot in the arm that I need, right? Yeah. And so, so if you can get them out there, and, and, you know, people are seeing them, and it gets the word of mouth going, and it's just all around pretty fucking exciting. Yeah. All right, man. Listen, that's my belief. <laughs> yeah, well, I agree. Uh, Eddie, I know. I'm now we're just we're just rambling. But listen, uh, I'll see you at some point in October at that in in Tennessee, 
and then uh but just have a good one and, yeah man uh, until then well i might be in la before that so i'll hit you up if you're free otherwise i'll see you at exit 111 okay cool all right man all right, have a good one man i'll talk to you later thanks Cheers. see ya there he goes slash everybody Thanks to Slash. Always great to talk to him, an old friend, and uh, great to have him on the show, as always. Look forward to seeing him with Guns N' Roses at Exit 111, which I am hosting in Manchester, Tennessee, coming up very, very soon. Coming up next, another guitar great, Steve Lukather, right after this on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Don't miss the Jordan Harbinger Show on Podcast One. You know, like if you're nervous or scared about a situation, instead of being like, nah, there's nothing to be scared about, nothing to be scared about. Oh, shit, there is. <laughs> this week, Jordan joins former Laker great and Oscar winner Kobe Bryant for an unforgettable conversation that you don't want to miss. You own it, you give it a hug, <laughs> you embrace it, and now what are you going to do about it? Check out the Jordan Harbinger Show every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Welcome back. Eddie Trunk here. The double dip that I mentioned this week, two interviews. This one is from a guy that is one of the most celebrated and respected guitar players in the world, has literally played with everyone on everyone's record. At the time we did this interview, he dropped by my Sirius XM show and was currently touring with Ringo Starr. Always a lot of, a lot of fun to talk to Luke, better known as Steve Lukather. Here he is on the Eddie Trunk podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the gospel according to Luke. <laughs> he is here. Yeah, man. What's Steve up, Steve Lukather in the house. What's going on, Good Eddie? to see you, man. Good to see you again. I was really I was really tweaked that you wanted me to come on Of course, today, man. You know? I loved having you on. And uh, Thanks, we man. only got to know each other in the yeah. last year or two. Yeah, and then we, uh, it's, it's like so long overdue. I saw you I in L.A. So we did, we did yeah, we did LA, some yeah, stuff yeah. in L.A. But I had gotten calls for you about you for years. Like, you know, ask Luke about this. and have, He played on this and this and that. And then your book came out. We did some stuff. That, yeah, yeah. The book is called The Gospel According to Luke. Yeah, if they you don't signed, have it, get it. They signed me up for another one. Uh, probably going to be called The New Testament. Are you doing another <laughs> yeah, one for real? I was in the U.K. with my band, uh, and I met with the publisher. They go, it's been really successful, so might want to do another one. Good. This is the one I get even with everybody now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is when you really dish. I was nice Throw the first time. You were yeah. nice, and you, you, and you kind of said that, right? If I, I it's been a little while since I read yeah, the book. Yeah, no, come on, but you yeah. said that up front. You're like, no, look, you know, I'm, this isn't going to be that kind of book. Yes, well, thanks to the joys of litigation, I have a few people I like to punch <laughs> in the face. So. Oh no, I'm, come on, I'm not an ugly guy. I don't want it to be like that guy. <laughs> well, the only thing in the book, you talk about your own demons. No, and sure. in the book, which yeah, you know, I'm my own worst enemy. But I'm good. I feel great now. I'm happy. You I'm, look great, man. Well, I'm not bad for 150 years old. Come on, come on. Thanks. So you're out with Ringo now, right? Yeah, I am. You guys I, played here in New York last yeah, night? Yeah, we played last night. It was a great gig. We had a blast looking out at the Manhattan skyline, and the behind us was the was the river. It was a beautiful venue. I haven't been there yet. It's a pier, I think Pier, pier 17. Pier 17, yeah. and I hear it's an amazing venue. Yeah, I it's relatively that. new. Yeah. And everybody uh, said that it's, it's great. I just haven't been out there yeah. yet. Was it hot? It was weird because there was a rain and uh, thunder and lightning, and then it just kind of went away. So it was really um, humid, but warm. But at the same time, it calmed down a little bit. It was almost perfect because there was a little breeze. And that's nice because those. Show, you know, I was I was telling you off the air. I was I did uh, hosted a show with Tom Kiefer on Saturday in yeah. Houston. And he's night, great. He's great. And the night before, his band played in Dallas, mm -hmm. and no, they didn't know going in that it was an outdoor show. No, uh -oh. outdoors Dallas in August. He said he almost died. Oh, because the heat. Uh, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. hundred degrees. It can be brutal. We did a gig with Ringo once somewhere, and the stage was facing the sun, 
and it was already a hundred and something degrees, and like right here in the middle of my forehead, it felt like it was a magnifying glass on an ant. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, help me! They were bringing out ice cold towels and everybody. It's no joke, though. I mean, especially you get older. You know, it's it's no joke to mess around with that heat. You had to bring up the age thing. No, not, not even talking about you. <laughs> Ringo's got a few years on you. Hey, he's he's an anomaly. He's an amazing human. He's good. He's seventy nine years old, running around jumping jacks, playing the drums, funny as hell. And, uh, you know, that's the way to get old, man. It's like, you know, oh. older, I should say. I can't say he's old because he's not old spirit, you know? How long have you played with him? Seven plus years. I'm coming back next year for eight. I want to be like the longest running guy in the band. You know? Yeah, yeah. I told him he had to kill me to get rid of me. <laughs> we become great friends. He's an unbelievably cool person. I interviewed him once. Did you? Yep. It was, it was for TV. Huh. It was probably around 2000, I want to say six, seven. Okay. And I did an hour with him on TV for a show I was doing on VH1 Classic at the time, mm-hmm. before I was doing that metal show. Mm-hmm. And he came in, and uh, this is the thing I remember about, about uh, the whole thing, is he came in and the guy who was running the channel at the time put out this big mandate, like, hey- He's going to come in, everybody in position, be professional, do your gig, no photos, no asking for autographs, let him get in and out, no, you know, be comfortable. I respect all that, okay, sure. no prop. So everybody on the crew, myself, we all played by that rule. So Ringo comes in off the elevator. Who's the one guy that comes with his wife, his kids, his mother, Who's that? drum heads? The guy who made the rule, no autographs and no ah, photos. Ah, you're kidding me. I swear me. to God. Oh, I no, swear that sucks, like, Look at you, you son of a bitch. No, I will never forget that. Me. We're like, wait a minute. What's going on here? Oh, uh, wow. But yeah, he hey, figured he'd be the, the one guy. Welcome to the that... music industry, right? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> well, first off, he's the nicest guy there is. He, but he was I mean? super cool. And like, that's the thing you find is like, um, I can hang with anybody, and I sure, I, and you I, do. But, but but what I'm saying is, I'm a fan as much as anybody Me of too. everybody. But you also know how to be. Wait a second, I just met Snoop Dogg in the hallway, which was Snoop a thrill. Was here? Yeah, which was a thrill for me. I went, I saw him. I went, Snoop, I shook. He was real sweet. Shook my hand. I went. You know, I wanted to hang out with him. You know? Now, you've played on everybody's record. Did you ever play on a no, Snoop no, record? No, no, you don't no, know about no, no, you know, no, man. But you could have cut that deal right in the hallway, no, man. No, I didn't, A little man. rocked up guitar no, and a Snoop there, record. No, he kind of looked at me like, hey, man, like this. And like he had these gigantic, you know, sweet but big guys that, like, yeah. you know, don't mess with Snoop. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just great. In passing, it was like, oh, it was great. I can't wait to call my older kids and say, hey, dig who I met today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm still a music fan like but you, that's man. You're a fan, but you know how to hang without you freaking people out, even though in side you might be like oh my god because even for you uh, um a, a huge beatles guy oh yeah uh, the fact that i'm sure even initially when you first met ringo well i worked with you... paul first on the thriller record with michael jackson then george became a friend of mine after our uh sadly our drummer jeff picaro passed away he did played with us at a tribute in la with all this all-star people with Fagan and Vaz and all these great So my cool point people. is, and you played with everybody, and, and you and you know everybody, and everybody loves you, but... Oh, come my, on. No, seriously. Not everybody, believe me. Most, <laughs> a lot of people do, seriously. But, but the thing about that is that even no matter what of a super fan you may be of somebody, you still in, inside are kind of like, okay, I got to do this professionally. For you, being a guy that made... Uh, your career doing so many sessions. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been in that situation? Where a lot of times. You're right. just like you're playing it cool on the exterior, but inside you're like, holy. I was shit. four four feet away from Aretha Franklin cutting live tracks, and she was singing live and playing the piano with a full live band, a great band. Arif Marr was producing, and when somebody's that good, 
it's almost distracting. I'm trying to look at the chart and play this. You know, it wasn't all written out. We came up with our own parts stuff, pretty much mostly. And but she's so good. She do go for a lick, and you go, "Oh my god!" I just heard. Then you look up. You go, "Oh, where am I on the chart?" So I was mean, that one of the biggest like Lucifer? Oh, Holy no, shit I got I, I got a million. Of Give them. me a couple well, more. We're, Paul McCartney walks there. Yeah, and Michael think. Jackson. You're sitting with Quincy Jones <laughs> producing. George Martin's there. Jeff Emmerich. I mean, it's a whole team of like my whole childhood fantasy living right there. Uh, that you know, there are moments you just keep cool. Man, Springsteen came in and played with us once with Quincy. I've worked with just about. All of my heroes. You is know, there but, anyone that you haven't worked with yet that you would love to? Well, I met him in Hong, but uh, Peter Gabriel's one, you know. Mm. Uh, I've always, you know, I come from that whole, I love Genesis in the 70s when I was in high school and stuff like that. So all those guys, Phil and all those guys, I'm going to work with them. They don't need me. they got other people. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to take anybody's gig, but um, I always want to play on a Steely Dan record. I know this isn't really your audience at all, but well, that's okay. I, I grew up, uh, you know, our drummer, Jeff, was in Steely Dan when we were in high school. That's how we got into that whole studio musician thing. Right. It was like, wow, that's something interesting before the whole punk thing. And even before the term metal came into be. I mean, I, I got Machine Head by Deep Purple and Richie Blackmore changed my life. I mean, and then I got to play the play that with Ian on this all-star thing in Germany. So I got to play the opening of Smoke on the Water. And I played it right. With Ian Pace? No. Oh, Ian Gillen. Ian Gillen. Yeah. Okay. I I play with with uh, Ian Pace too. He actually got called me and asked me to work on his solo album. He's going to be doing. That guy's crazy. That guy's been. I mean, still plays amazingly, and yeah. he's like in it well into his seventies. Well, I toured with Purple in Mexico uh-huh. late last year. Oh, Steve Morris, Steve one of the great Morris, guitar. amazing. But it's it's incredible. They, they keep talking about ending and retiring, but I'm like, guys, look, I'm the first person to tell somebody you stay in too long at the party. It's time to go. No, if you listen, can't cut it. But they're still great. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you know, it's not like we have a job we hate when retiring. You know, it's, you retire from a job you hate. Right. Sitting in traffic and going, I hate my life. I'm counting down to the to the end. And musicians don't do that, you know. If they have any longevity at all, you just keep playing. Unless, you know, sadly sometimes you get hurt and you can't really play anymore, whether it's arthritis or you. No, we were talking off the air about people who have had ailments and issues, hearing and what have oh, you. Oh yeah, my my hearing's beat down. I was going to ask you. I was talking to forever. Brad Whitford about. It. He said, "Well, I got this thing that's helping." Because I haven't heard silence since 1986. You got the ringing? Oh, yeah. Triple D above middle C. And what the ringing is, your brain generates... Tinnitus. Yeah. Uh, the brain generates the tone that's de- that's a deficit. So if it's like, you know, 3 to 8K, which for you non-people, it's like your full mid-range up to the beginning of the highs, it generates the tone you're missing. The brain's trying to compensate for it, and that's what the ring is. You're not generating a tone from the inside of your body. Right. You can't put your fingers in your ear and make it stop. So they got this thing now that can retrain your brain that brad was telling me about i said i gotta get this so he wrote it down for me because wow. it's maddening after a while and it doesn't get better when you get oh, it'll older. drive you crazy i had a touch of it you know i i worked uh as a kid where it first started with me a really young kid i worked in a car wash on the line of the car wash and the oh last step on the line of the car wash was i would take the gun and spray the inside of the window that, that's Sound, yeah. No, no. The thing right before where I was positioned was the giant dryer. You know the thing. Oh goes, yeah, and goes over your car and and blows like the 120 water off. dB. And right? I'm standing right next to this thing for like nine hours because I'm shooting the gun of the soap. Mm-hmm. And I was a kid. I didn't know. You of course know, not. No, nobody had a hearing yeah, protection. Yeah. And I remember back then. And then uh, that'll beat you down like airplanes too. That's like a 90 to 100 dB of the same tone. When you're going long distance, always wear earplugs. Yeah, and it's just like... Here we are in the metal. No, but, but uh, that's yeah. it. I mean, me growing up into going to metal shows yeah. and still do. I yeah. mean, 
back then it was like a macho thing. It's like, no, you're going to oh, – don't wear plugs, man. Bullshit. I tell my audience all the time, wear plugs because you don't want that ringing. It will drive you no, nuts. No, I'm terrible. I'm Do you use white you. noise when you sleep? No, I've, I managed to – train myself to sleep okay. yeah yeah i just your brain i just so used to it that you have to get used to it but i'd i don't know what i do if it stopped i i think i know i'll be dead in five minutes at that point you know? well i'll get one last thing on this because i'll give you a little tip too because i don't know what brad told you about and what he's using but my friend gave me i've never seen these before but a friend of mine gave these to me about a year ago they're made by bose mm-hmm. and they're called sleep buds Ooh. now i normally don't like stuff stuck in my ear i don't like earbuds i like out like headphones yeah, things it. but these things are super comfortable they recess they recess i wear ears. ears on stage because save my hearing believe it or not well that then but, you'll uh, have no problem wearing these. i have no problem with that. you put these in and they're, they're i gotta blue, have this you gotta write the after the show Bluetooth. you put an app on your phone uh-huh you select anything, you rainfall or whatever. Wow, I got it. Wirelessly this. goes in your head, and because and at the same time, it blocks out external noise. So I'm in a lot of hotels like you I'm are. A lot of planes, I hate too. outside yes, noise. Yes, yes. It does both, and you can program the alarm right into the app so that the alarm goes off in your head when you got to wake up. That's a trip, man. You got to both sleep send, buds. They're really know. cool. I'll, I'll send, send you the text so you can see them. So what, have we bored everybody in the audience? <laughs> no, trust me. This is something people deal with. They really do. Uh, you, uh, what do you got? Toto dates coming up? Yeah, uh, September twentieth to October twentieth, US. You can see it on stevelukather.com or totoofficial.com. It's going to be our last one for the foreseeable future. We've been out for a few years, and we need a break. I don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, lawsuits have not been kind to us we you need guys be oh. toto being sued or suing yeah, each other no we got sued by uh one of our ex-members wives so, really oh yeah it was a sort of a grudge fuck thing you know oh, sorry you can say that. that uh i don't want to get too deep into it because we haven't signed anything yet but it was a pretty brutal it's but, been going on for like 27 years really yeah man you know it's i don't really understand it nobody really does but it's caused a lot of friction in the band uh, we you know we all went to school together and and I think we've been in such close quarters and working on this 40th anniversary which has been tremendously successful it's been uh, our best touring uh, years ever in terms of success financially and all the rest of it but you know like I'm doing some I've been on the road so much I mean I got two little kids I got two grown kids and I got two little kids how old are your youngest um almost 12 and 8 Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, I want to be home for a little bit, you know. But, I mean, I'm still going to do other stuff, and we're going to, you know, I'm going to come back and, and work a bunch. I mean, we'll come back at some point in some configuration. We've had seven incarnations of the band. Mm. Um, but that's all I really want to say about that right now. So, if you want to come see us, the band's killing it right now. And you uh, guys do a lot of work outside of America, too, right? You do really. Oh, yeah. We you were do head- even better business outside no, of we the were, U.S. I'll we were headlining Boss Pop. There was 50,000 people. We did... Uh, 35,000 at Pori Jazz Festival. Uh, that was the last one we did. We did the North Sea Jazz Festival with like, you know, 20,000 people. I mean, we're doing it out there. On our own, we're doing eight to 10,000. And here we're doing theaters, you know. We're doing, you know it's, it's, it's gone way up for us. It's been the best few years uh, we've had in our career in terms of, uh, you know, discounting record sales, which... Uh, Non-existent. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like a gold yeah. record's like a unicorn at this point. I know, you know what I, I mean? Know. But you know, and that's guys of us, guys like us that have, are lucky enough to have a live audience. I mean, it's keeping us alive, but it's keeping me on the road a lot. Yeah. Have you seen people coming to your shows because of the whole Weezer Africa oh, thing? Oh, sure. 
Have you seen a young different people. audience, young right, people. younger people oh, sure. or, that are coming just because oh. they, they turned on to Toto through well, that? Yeah, it became this thing. I mean, you can't, I mean, this is a goofy song that we recorded in 1981. We buried it, the last song on the record. It was a great track, but we were going, these lyrics are ridiculous. You know, I've said, come on, Dave, you know. And we kind of laughed about it, and we thought, well, then it was a hit the first time. We're like, okay, I... Okay, whatever. You take you, you take a number one record whenever you can get it. <laughs> right. But then you get bagged as this kind of a band. You know what I mean? You know, you're this, or you're not really a rock band. If you saw us live, you'd you'd have a different view of what we do. Yeah, sure, that's a part of our thing. But there's a whole other side of us than, than people that don't know us aside from three or four songs. You know, those guys suck. They don't know how to rock. Okay, fine. But if you don't know, but anyway, to make a long story short, we were doing festivals. In Australia, right after Christmas last year, and it was like fifteen to twenty-five year old people. I'm going to go. Oh man, I don't know how we're going to go down over here, man, because they only know the the song, you know, and it's a thing. Okay, they want to, you know, party song, whatever it's become to younger people. Um, and then we went out there and played for real, and they really they freaked out. It's like they'd never seen it before because a lot of those people, honestly. It's all tracks, and even the lead vocal is just mine. Oh, don't get me started, man. You know, it is my biggest. Biggest issue in rock right now. I am speaking out on it. I am calling it out. It is sickening. I am tired of hearing people say how great a band sounds. Well, now it's there. Now cats are even doing the lead vocal. Stop! It's insane. It's ridiculous. Well, you know what I'm doing now. They've got these whole people online. Did you see him lip sync? Did you see so and so? Look at you know one minute and thirty eight seconds. Putting up waveforms of the exact vocal the same night in and out. It's ridiculous. And here's the thing about it, Steve. Here's the thing. I got this whole plan. I was t- speaking to Kiefer. I was talking to him about it because he's all real too, and he's all well. Real understand? I mean, I've been on both sides of this. Well, at sure one point, we had a singer that couldn't sing, and we cheated for yeah. a minute, and it really didn't help my drinking problem at the time. <laughs> I don't. It's been ten years, but you know, I mean, at the time, I, I just could, I felt like I was being pantsed on stage. I felt like I was cheating on people but there was no other Wait, way around Snoop. it snoop's walking by i know snoop uh, if we could get snoop to come in here and say hello on the air that would be awesome no i don't know him well i don't either in, but, but i would love to there's been a snoop sighting uh snoop is what well, uh, snoop has got people wow yeah he snoop does has got but you know what he was really sweet let me right in the eye and smile i would look uh alex you should see if snoop could, would come in <laughs> he's alex, going over in the shade 45 alex right doesn't now doesn't want to walk in there's like literally 15 people before in front of yeah. oh i see the huge dude he's bringing up the rear yeah he yeah the one good dude it is huge. I, you could run at him full speed and he wouldn't even feel you. <laughs> but he smiled. There's really friendly people, so don't get the wrong impression out there. In, uh, no, radio I'm not, I wouldn't give that impression at all. I'm just saying it's a big man. Yeah. Um, so anyway, there's you know, so- the whole cheating thing. No, I, you know, I'm just oh, we, and I stop. really felt. You know, I, I'm really a stickler about all that. You know, what I mean, so you know, am I. It's, and I'm it's one do- thing to have a sample here or there, but I mean, exactly. to, to, to like to like have your whole show. On, like there's a lot of bands that have to sign non-disclosure, and some people you'd be really surprised that there's a whole other workings underneath the stage. Oh yeah, three different Pro Tools guys in case one breaks, in case because you get caught with the, you know then all of a sudden you're Milli Vanilli, you know what I mean? It's and insane. It's insane that people are just either they don't know or just looking the other way. It's insane. Well, the and it's got us. And here's my deal. I can't play a note or sing a note, but if people keep buying tickets to bands that and listening to tracks, I'm going to go out on tour. I'm going to call the band Eddie and the Tracks. Kiefer already offered to write me songs. I'm going to be totally transparent. It's all tracks, and my T-shirt's going to say, sounding great, exactly every the same night. every night. Well, here's the thing. I mean, <laughs> and the thing, because of the technology, 
Um, people, when I go see shows as kids, there were flaws. You know, I make mistakes. I play the wrong That's note. That's what a live I show is. Up. And, you know, vocalists, as good as they are, the, the, you screw up. It's a little flat or you miss something or miss a lyric. Now... If it sounds like the record live, it's probably because it is the record right, live. Right, but that's what a live show is. You know, is. also, if you move away from a microphone, if you, you know, there's proximity to microphones, you know, if, it's, if it doesn't move, if it doesn't fade away when you move away, bullshit. That's okay. what I, and that's what, I love the fade away. Like, I, we were talking, you mentioned uh, Brad Whitford. I went to see Aerosmith yeah. in Vegas, yeah. and they fucked up a couple times, and they laughed about it, and Joe and oh, Steven- I do singing into the same mic and who's a little off mic that's a live rock show yeah. and yeah they got a couple guys helping them out that they introduced sure, their sure, live yeah, human man. beings no we bring extra musicians right. and singers and, and stuff we, we you know enhance the band to pull off fine. our five part harmonies and shit like that fine but Just, if you hear you'll know if, if you hear it's not perfect there's a little rub once in a while you go okay the guys are out there doing it you know? yeah that's the real deal hey I um I, we have limited time with you, and I got a few people that want to talk to you oh, on really? the phone real quick. So I want to grab a few calls. don't just say, get that fucking loser no, up. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, but but uh, before we go to these calls, so oh, can you, you're, now I know you can probably only say what you can say. What? But your buddies, we all know your buddies with Eddie Van Halen. I am. Can you say anything about Van Halen? Do you know anything I, about Van Halen? I love Ed and Alex. have been friends of mine. Uh, for 40 years I'm still friends with Mike and uh, I'm wearing I, I, I know man I mean I, I love all those guys I'm Switzerland man I don't get in the middle but of Michael all that Michael said on this show that they were going to go out this year Michael cleared his schedule and he, he you know, Michael man, said that you know what man I gotta look you right in the eye and say like, listen I've been in contact with Ed we text all the time I really can't say much man I, see, I, I, I think, I'm not going to press no I, I think that, I mean you know he, he uh, I don't want to say anything because I mean I you know we just need that he, guy out there. You know, man. everybody so wants Van Halen back. Nobody more than me, because I still think they're one of the greatest rock and, ba- rock and roll bands of all time. And you, if there was Eddie, changed the planet. You know, him and Al, right. they're laying back and they're you know you know waiting to see what happens next. I don't. I think they're on a hiatus, and uh, you know, the, there's been some you know health issues that they're dealing with and stuff like that. Right. We're older guys now, you know, and to go on the road and stuff like that, it requires a lot of extra effort in terms of all. The, as a human being, well, I get that. Uh, I said that before too. I said sometimes I, we I, I, all that I'm going to say is I, I don't think there's any uh, drama issues that are keeping them from working right now. And I really don't have. I am not. I'm not the guy to say anything. Right. I know. You're I not love the them as like brothers. I love those brothers so much, and we're we've always had a great relationship. And I, I'm a big fan. I've also adore them as human beings. You know. So did you first meet Eddie when you did when he came in to do beat it? No, no, we knew you each knew other. Before that? No, we weren't actually in the same room when that happened. Oh, really? Oh, no. Well, I'll tell you that. that well, that story's in my book. It's a longer story. I don't know if we have time for that. But I met Ed when we in 1979. There was this thing called the California World Music Festival at the the Coliseum Stadium in L.A. And we had our first record out, and Van Halen's first record was out. And you know, I I really wanted to meet Eddie, and. Um, I guess you know he liked me or liked what we what he heard on the radio or whatever. Hold the line or whatever the fuck it was at the time, and we saw each other. And I was on the side of the stage watching them play. You know, he says, "No, no, he can come up and watch." You know, and I was watching, it and we pointing each other and stuff like that. And then he called me up on the phone like a couple of years later and said, "Come by, man, I want to hang out with you." And from that moment on, we bonded for a lifetime friendship. And I and Alex too, man. You know, I just. 
I love those guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. I would, I you know. So that's why I'm being. I'm you know, there's. I'm not holding any no, secrets, no, but not, I have. I, never I have. I have to... no right to speak of what their plans are. Right. Uh, I also. Sure. I also like Irving Azoff, and I don't want him to call me pissed off for saying <laughs> anything. So. Well, I don't know him personally, but I. But I. But You've never met Ed one time, very briefly. He's the nicest cat in the I'm world, a man. Huge fan, and it's just in 25 years we've gotten so little in terms of output, in terms of music. There's been three records, one of which. Yeah was a re-record of old songs in 25 years so the there's such a demand and a thirst for people to have something new from that band and something hey nobody wants to hear it more than i do yeah so you know? i just it's such an important time you know some of his best years and we just as fans have gotten so no, he, little you know, so he's it's still, only coming you know, from a place of love well yeah of we course hear, you know i mean you know? let's bring back you know i hope i hope they get back on the road soon that's yeah. really all i can say about that i mean you know I don't really have any dirt for you or anything like that. But like I said, I, I try to be fr- – I run into everybody all over the place because I'm more of an out-and-about kind of guy. But, uh, you know, of course the brothers are very, very close to me, and I cherish that, so that I'm going to shut the fuck up now. All right. We'll get a couple calls on <laughs> for you. And uh, this is Brent in Kansas. Hey, Brent, you're on with Steve Luke. Grab those uh, headphones, Luke, oh. so you can hear Brent. Hey, Brent. What's up? Hey, man. Thanks. This is an honor. I, um, I just wanted to say, and you kind of already stole my uh, – my question um i wanted to say that i really enjoyed your first book i really enjoyed the audio book because you would uh maybe stop a little bit and throw in a little bit of detail here and there and a little bit of color oh yeah i I, I will never listen to that because i just after i did it's like listening to this (laughs) i took me 25 years to get used to my singing voice and my talking voice is rather annoying to me but thank you very much it's one of the best books it's one of the best books on audible and i wanted to know are you going to read your second one if I do it, as uh, we're still in talks about that right now, uh, yeah, I would. Sure, I would. If people dig it, you know, I mean, I never thought anybody would buy one book when they asked me to do it. And I guess people seem to have resonated with somebody, so it's doing well. So I'm very honored for that. Thanks for reading, and I do appreciate that. Thanks, Brent. This is Jerry in North Carolina. Jerry, you're on with Steve Lukather. Uh Hey, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jerry. How are you? I'm um, doing pretty good. Um can't hear you, man. Jerry, go ahead, bud. I really, I really enjoy your music. Uh, I just want to know, uh, like, when um, you guys are playing Rosanna or Africa, uh, <laughs> yeah. how great is this? How what? Jerry, Jerry, we got you got to come back to us, bud. We can't hear you. Uh, this is Triv, who's in Boston. Hi, Triv. Hey, um, I have a couple of quick questions. One yeah, is, what is your favorite year marshall to record and play with and also how do you think that any modern amps are as good for you know recording and playing out and also do you get sick of your old guitars ever and seek like inspiration in new instruments or are you just beyond that because you're no 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 man i mean you know nothing like an old marshall old school but you know i'm playing through bogner's right now which uh the helios which i really love which is sort of a hybrid hot rotted marshall that has a lot of options there and it's a real good road worthy uh i still got my old 59 burst i still got some old you know 51 esquire i got some old guitars but i love my music man guitars they're sort of like the best of all that 
And uh, you know the, the 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 Les Paul is really worth a lot of dough and are tearing on airplanes. Are you one of, were you one of those guys that collects guitars? And that's <clears> I was, you know. I mean, when it was affordable, you know. I mean, like I said, I bought my Burst in '79 for four grand, and my accountant at the time goes, "Why, why are you spending all this money? You get these guitars." I said, "This is a classic. I got to have it. It's a real one." Matter of fact, I did three uh, shows, uh, the tribute to Les Paul, and. The one in L.A., I brought the real I was the only guy that had a real 59 burst up there. Just chugged into a rented Marshall and played it, and everybody was tripping on it. A lot, everybody had reissues. Oh. And, you know, because they're afraid to bring them out. My, my buddy Joe Bonamassa is. Joe's got a crazy Oh, I mean, my collection. God. I mean, yeah. he, and he believes in just like, I got these guitars, I'm going to play them. And I'm sure he has like an armed guards wherever he goes. But he you told know. me he's got. I think he's got a lockup in Nashville or something. Where his house, his, his own. But he has his own. I shouldn't thing say in, this because. <laughs> well, I know where he he's lives. Got, no, he's got vaults and like safes yeah. and you know, I know uh, the high security. My friend Keith Nelson used to own that house. Yes, from exactly. Buckcherry, well, that's but, right near my house. I oh, just, you're over I, there I, too? I, I live at the top of the hill. He wow. lives right down. I'm not going to say, but you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Somewhere in the canyon. I just remember because I went to visit Keith once and I got stuck on his driveway. because yeah. it's a really steep driveway. It is a steep driveway. But yeah, that's. But that. he turned Keith's studio into a whole guitar room and stuff like that. Joe, I love Joe. I'm one of the great guitar players and one of the great guys of all time. Yeah, and he's got a great, uh, he's got a great uh, big time guitar collection. Oh my god! I mean, it's like it. makes Norm's rare guitars look like you know, yeah, it's something a little side thing at the thrifty drugstore. Hey, uh, and no offense, Norm, you got great stuff. Man. Uh, I, I, we could talk forever. We um, could. Okay. Anything you want to mention and plug? No, man, just come out and see us play, man. It's going to be a while, man. Uh, check it out again, stevelukather.com or totoofficial.com. And Eddie, thank you so much for Anytime, having me, brother. Man. It's Anytime. always a groove, man. we got to hang more. I know. we got to do it. And, you know, I go to L.A. every month. And well, look me um, up. I do a week of shows. I got your number. Okay, well, and look we'll, me up. We'll, uh, we'll definitely, I want to have you come and sit the whole show. We'll just, you know. Okay, anytime. It's a great honor time. to be here. And uh, all you metalheads out there, uh, I love all this. I was just digging the new Slipknot record. So, you know, Corey's a great cat. You know, I love these guys. I mean, I love all kinds. I can listen to Miles Davis and I can listen to classic rock. I love it all. And the Thanks crazy for thing up about Luke is he can play it all, too. Yeah, well, no. That's what's even crazier. Well, I had some great times talking to Steve Lukather over the years, and that was a great little drop by that he did for me coming by the studio while he was on tour with Ringo Starr in New York City. Steve Lukather on the Eddie Trunk podcast and Slash, of course, earlier. I thank them both for the time. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks to Katie Irizari, who is the producer of the podcast. Remember, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at Eddie Trunk and also the fan page on Facebook at Eddie Trunk. And be sure to hit eddytrunk.com. All my appearances are on the homepage. And very important, if you want a shot at going on the Mega Cruise, I am giving cabins away. You got to enter by the weekend, folks, by this weekend, by Sunday. Get your entries in. It's very simple. Go to my site, hit the contest tab. All the information is there. You may score a free cabin for two on board the mega cruise check it out and hope to see you on board i'll see you guys again next thursday for another all-new episode of the eddie trunk podcast as always free apple Podcasts, podcast one.com
Hey everyone, it's Charlie Kirk here, host of The Charlie Kirk Show, the all-new podcast brought to you by Podcast One. This is where I give you the inside scoop on everything you need to know about the biggest news of the week. I'll be sitting down with some of the most important personalities and newsmakers of our time, giving you my no-holds-bar take on what's going on behind the headlines. So skip the fake news and subscribe today for all new episodes every Wednesday, available exclusively on Apple Podcasts and PodcastOne.com.